Follow the Bible in a Year with Jack Graham podcast today. Begin your New Year's resolution with the Bible and see why millions have already started Bible in a Year with Jack Graham. This podcast was created to help you solidify your faith as you experience the story of the Bible through live action recordings and emotional orchestral music. Listen to Bible in a Year with Jack Graham on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts app, or wherever you get your podcasts. For listeners that are sensitive to certain topics, this episode contains mention of suicide and traumatic events. I think for me, it's always been about trying to help people connect to God in music. And even from a young kid, just wanted people to worship God. And I didn't even know what all that meant, but I've always tried to write songs, help people worship God and write those kind of simple songs. Never would have dreamed it would have taken me to places it has taken me but I'm so grateful for it. Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Have you ever been driving somewhere or even walking in the city or on a trail and found yourself hopelessly lost? In the era of smartphones and GPS, this has become a lot less likely, but we can all recall moments where we didn't have the tools at our disposal to lead us back to where we needed to go. And we ended up wandering, trying to remember where we came from and trying how to figure out how to get back to that spot. It's a scary feeling not knowing where you're going, and even more scary when life presents situations to us where we're just not sure what to do or who to turn to to help us get to where we need to be. When we feel lost in life, confused about what to do next, God promises that He will stand by us and strengthen us so that through us, His message can be fully proclaimed. Grammy Award-winning worship leader Chris Tomlin knew from a very young age that he wanted to connect with the people around him in meaningful ways by playing and singing music, but wasn't exactly sure how that would pan out in his life. As a young man, he found himself speaking a prayer that he didn't really understand at the time, but has been a constant throughout his life. Whatever you want for the rest of my life, I'm available and will follow you. Brigadier General Kelvin McElroy was raised to believe that committing yourself strongly to anything you wanted to pursue would get you where you needed to be, but still needed a nudge from others who believed in him when he himself couldn't see his own potential. Both of these men would go on to powerfully lead others into lives of service and commitment to God, using what God gave them to point people in his direction. Let's start with Chris's story. My name is Chris Tomlin, and I grew up in a very small town in Texas. It's, the town's called Grand Saline. It means big salt. We have the Morton Salt Mine there. So, like, you know, the salt shakers with the girl with the yellow umbrella, and it says, when it rains, it pours. That salt shaker. That comes from my town. And my dad, he was a pharmacist, but he also had a little guitar shop in the little music shop in the pharmacy, and he loved music. And he played guitar, and he taught me to play. I got mono one summer. And I was, baseball was everything to me. And playing Little League Baseball, and, I was, and the doctor said, you can't do anything for the summer. My dad said, all right, you've got to learn to do something. So he said, you're in the house all day. I'm going to teach you to play guitar. Every morning, he would write out the notes. I like to write the strings and the notes on the guitar. He'd go to work, and I would just work on it, get home. All right, what's the next thing? And we'd just working on songs. And the early songs he taught me, he loved Willie Nelson, Merle Haggard, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, the outlaws. He loved those guys. I did not know how cool my dad was at that point. My parents had strong faith. I grew up in the church. And 
even from a young kid, had a real sensitive heart to God. And I was getting opportunities to play at my little church and growing up. And what I loved about it is that, that when I get to play at church, I love when people would sing. I love when they would sing with me. And I would even tell my mom, I was like, I just like it when people sing. I don't really like standing up there and playing, everybody watching me. I like when people join in. Never heard the term worship leader. I never heard any of that. I just was like, wow, I just want people to sing. So I started trying to write songs and, and try to write my own little songs and sing, and sing songs people would sing. I'm going through high school and there's a guy in my church his name's David Crane, and he was this Texas, like he, he traveled around playing music, and he was he was from my church, and he played like these little Texas churches and things like that. And I thought he was so cool, and one day he called me, and he said, hey, I was in high school, and he said, hey, I talked to your dad, I'm going to play down the, about three hours down the road, you wanna go help me set up my like guitar and sell tapes in the back? That'll tell you kind of what year it was, it was selling tapes. And so he's like, you wanna go? I was like, yes. I thought, man, this is my big chance. So I get in the car, we, we drive together, about three hours, I get, I help set up his guitar, his, his keyboards. I'm in the back selling the tapes. In the middle of the concert, he just stops. And he goes, you know, I got a good friend here, Chris. He came with me and I'm, I'm gonna have him finish this concert. I'm gonna have him just play a few songs for you guys. And I was like, we, we drove three hours. You did not tell me. You did not mention a word of this. It's all youth kids my age, and they're all staring at me, turning and looking at me, the, the kid that, in the tapes in the back, and I just kind of walk up there, don't, not prepared, don't know what I'm doing, scared to death. And I play a couple songs. It was awful. You know, people are clapping like, you know, one of those claps like, bless his heart kind of thing. I felt like it was awful. I'll get back to sell the tapes, go back there, and this youth pastor comes up. And he says, hey, I really like what you did. I really like you want to come play at my church? And I was like, what? This is crazy. And he goes, yeah, we're doing this youth thing in the summer. You want to come play? And I was like, sure. So I agreed to play at this thing. It was for a week, this youth week thing. And I, when I got home, I was like, oh my gosh. I just said, yes, I only know three songs. I think I only know three songs. What am I going to do? And I get a call right before this event. And the guy's name is James. He has this low voice. He said, hello, my name is James. I said, hey, James, I'm Chris. And he said, because the reason I'm calling you is I'm speaking at this youth event and I've never heard of you and I've never heard of your music. So I'm calling, because if we're gonna be together for a week, I'm gonna see, I wanna see how this is gonna go. I was like, well, James, the reason you've never heard of me is I've never done this before and you're calling me at my parents' house. I'm in high school and it's just like, and you can hear the pause on the phone. <laughs> He's like, okay, what kind of songs do you do? What kind of songs do you play? And I was like, well, James, I know three songs. And you could just, I could just, now looking back, it's like, oh my gosh. And he said, well, can I send you some music? And he said, yeah. So he sends me these tapes and CDs of these early new worship songs that were coming out, these choruses. And I fell in love with these songs. I started learning them. I came ready for this event with note cards. I'd written everything on note cards, written all the lyrics and all the chords. And I had my guitar and I walked up this youth event, 500 kids, almost as big as my town. I was scared to death. I had my own note cards. I would set them on the stage. I walked up, sang song, never looked at anybody, never greeted anybody, never said hello. I did not know what to say. I walked up and just played my songs on these note cards every night. And at the end of the week, James, he looked at me and he said, uh, he said two things. I want to tell you two things. One is, you have no idea what you're doing. I was like, wow, thank you. God bless you. That was very direct. Number two, you have no idea how God is going to use your songs in the world. 
And I was like, what? I don't even have any songs. I'm looking at note cards, you know? I was like, what do you mean? He said, no, I've been praying for you this week and God has impressed upon me that you're gonna write songs and the world's gonna sing them. And then he put his hand on my head and he said, God, would you make Chris a psalm writer for his generation? And it was like lightning went through me. And I was like, wow, what, what is this? And it was a marking moment in my life. I wasn't trying to do it, never looked to do it, wasn't something I set out to do. God was just opening up the doors in an incredible way. And I say all that to say that this is definitely not anything that I could have planned or ever dreamed up, but so grateful to taking those steps of faith and saying, okay, God, where's the next step? What's in this? Just these little steps. It's been years and years and years and years of like, where, where is this all going? And to see all these things happening in the way God puts all the pieces together, it's been pretty amazing. I always say this, that worship comes from a thankful heart. And that's where it comes from. We have a lot to be grateful for of the things in life. And worship comes from that place of wow, when you realize, wow, I have so much, God's done so much in life, but prayer is a constant thing for me. And it's just something that it just, most of the time for me, if it's an intentional prayer, it'll always be walking. I have to go walk and I just talk and, and I listen and I talk and listen and pray. And most of the prayers for me is just gratitude thankfulness. It was like this ancient, ancient monk theologian who said, if all you ever say in your prayer is thank you, it will be enough. And I thought that is it because to me, that's what prayer is. And that's what can it's saying, God, thank you for all the things I don't even know you've done and the things you have done and your grace in my life. And I find that that's where most prayer comes from me is just gratitude for my family, for everything that you've given me. And then, and then, and then obviously, bringing our needs and our hearts to Him, but most of it is a thankfulness, like a thankful heart. And so when you, when you hear my music, when you hear my songs, that doesn't come from just making something up. It really comes from God. I'm praying that, you know, connecting with you and people connect with you. So it kind of comes out. For me, some of the prayers come out in public because they're my songs. I love the word always. When you think about a one word, how powerful that one word is. Like if you could title a record with just one word, you know, it's hard to do. When you think about worship, you think about the word always. There's not a lot of things in this world that are always. Most things end, most things fail, but our hope and my hope is pointing people to something that is forever, that is everlasting. Always is eternal, everlasting. And what I try to say in my music, in my concerts every night, and with these songs is that this is different than just singing along with the latest radio or pop song. I'm not saying it's better, but it's different because it's your soul connecting to God and it's eternal. I will tell of your wonders, sing of your grace. The God of creation knows me by name. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now and always, always. The scripture says there is an eternal song, an everlasting song, and that song is holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And if the scripture's true, which I believe it is, it says day and night, they never stop. It never stops. It's been going on way before us and will go on way after us. And everybody who's been a part of this faith will joins in that song. Even when we are faithless, which is a lot of the time, it says, I love the scripture says that God is faithful when we are faithless. 
because he cannot deny himself. In other words, that's who he is. He is faithful. That's just who is his nature. He can't be anything else. And so pointing people to that always kind of God. My loving Lord, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. Help me to put my trust in you and enjoy your love shining upon me, even in the midst of my troubles. When I'm struggling with discouragement, I need to affirm my trust in you and remember who you are, creator and sustainer of the universe, as well as my Savior, Lord, and friend. I know I can count on you because your love is boundless and steadfast. It never runs out or grows dim, and it doesn't depend on how well I'm performing. Your perfect love never changes because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You work within me and prepare me for the day. Then you show me the way I should go step by step. I'm grateful that you are my God forever and ever. You will be my guide even to the end. In your guiding name, Jesus. Amen. Be sure to watch Chris as the host of Season 3 of the Jesus Calling Stories of Faith TV show, airing in April 2023 on UP TV. Check your local cable listings for days and times. You can also get Chris's latest album, Always, wherever music is sold. Stay tuned to Kelvin McElroy's story after a brief message. During times of transition and unknown next steps, it's more important than ever to cling to the promises of God and to tune your ear to what Jesus has to say. Jesus Calling for Graduates is an encouraging compilation of 150 devotions from Sarah Young's brand. Grads will find topics such as discerning God's will, self-worth, trust, support, and much more. Jesus Calling for Graduates is perfect for both high school and college graduates as they embark on the next chapter. Look for our special custom edition of Jesus Calling for Graduates, available exclusively at faithgateway.com. Follow the Bible in a Year with Jack Graham podcast today. Begin your New Year's resolution with the Bible and see why millions have already started Bible in a Year with Jack Graham. This podcast was created to help you solidify your faith as you experience the story of the Bible through live action recordings and emotional orchestral music. Hear the Bible come to life and learn the word of the Lord. With over 7 million downloads, Bible in a Year with Jack Graham is the fastest growing Christian podcast. Do not be frightened, the angel reassured. I have come with good news. In the town of Bethlehem lies a baby. He is swaddled securely in a manger at the inn stables. This child is the Messiah, the Lord, the Savior of the world and redemption of mankind. Listen to Bible in a Year with Jack Graham on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our next guest is United States Air Force Brigadier General Kelvin McElroy. Kelvin's mother instilled in him from an early age the values of working hard, leaning on faith, and always showing up, which led to Kelvin's promise to himself that he would commit himself fully to every area of his life, sports, school, and eventually a career in the military. Through the Air Force, Kelvin has formed bonds with people all over the world and lets his principles and his relationship with God guide him as he leads airmen through highs and lows in their lives and careers. 
Greetings. My name is Kelvin Darnell McElroy. I'm currently serving in the military. I'm married. My wife, Maria, and I have, we have two beautiful children, Kelsey and Kalaja. Kelsey's 20, Kalaja's 19. I'm currently serving with the Department of the Space Force and also with the Department of the Air Force. And my military rank is currently a Brigadier General. I was born and raised in Macon, Georgia, and I have a brother and two sisters. I was raised by my parents, my mother and my father. When I was a little kid, I saw my mother. She was a worker. She believed in, in working hard. So when I had an opportunity to play sports because I didn't have a, a chance early on in my life, I made a promise to myself that if I ever had a chance to play, that I would play every sport that I could. And so when I did, at the same time, I had a job. And at the time, I couldn't afford to give up that job. So I committed to school. My mother always told us, hey, said, you will go every day and you will do your best. You will be respectful and you will show up. And I made a commitment to myself that, you know, I said I wanted these things. I prayed for these things. Now it's time to put in the work. And anytime anything would face our family, the first thing our family would do would, would pray. And then from there, they would start taking actions, trying to figure out what was the next step. But the first thing was always prayer. I saw it modeled each and every day with my grandmother and my mother in their prayer walks and their prayer. They would always pray. They would always teach us to pray. I've seen some, you know, some trials, some ups and downs in my life. Watching my mother, you know, get on her knees and pray for hours and my grandmother at night reading her Bible and the things that they would demonstrate. They walked it like they talk it. They would demonstrate to us that faith is the foundation and that our willingness is our wealth and that our soul is the soil that God's word was the seed. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I really wanted to go into the military after I finished high school, but I hadn't pursued it yet. So I was walking through the hallway and this teacher just saw something in me and he pulled me to the side and said, he saw the potential in me. And he, he said, hey, young man, where you headed? And then he looked at a piece of paper I had in my hand, which at the time was the curriculum for our high school track. We had three tracks. It was vocational, general, and college prep. And I was, as a kid, I was trying to find my easy way out. So I took the general, right? And he looked at it and said, no, you're not. He said, you're better than that. You're going to take college prep. He put me on the right academic track so that I could have an opportunity to go to college, the rigor of studying and, and, and preparing. When I speak with him, he's passed since then. He would always say, hey, I knew you was a diamond in the rough. You know, I could see your potential. So then also I had a coach that was my football coach. And because I showed up to work, showed up to practice every day, I didn't miss a day. I gave 100% on every drill. And then when I got to my senior year, I wasn't trying to get a scholarship. He went to Fort Valley and he said, hey, I know the head coach at Fort Valley. He wants to offer you a scholarship. So basically those two gentlemen opened the door for me to get to Fort Valley. The Air Force has taken me to many different states. Started out in Biloxi, Mississippi. Then from there, we went to, went to Scott Air Force Base, Illinois. We've been stationed in Niagara Falls, New York, then over to Dover, Delaware. I've been to Germany. I've been to Korea. I've been to the Middle East, Qatar, deployed. I've been to the Netherlands. So all over the world, the Air Force has really given me an opportunity to see the world. And so what I, what I noticed in all those different places, you know, my wife and I have this thing is we always 
you know, have family there. We meet friends that become family. And we say, we don't leave family behind. And so we have family, we call family all around this world now because of our ability to serve and our ability to meet people of similar ideas. And we call them family. When you serve others, you can always find that no matter where you go, that there's something of similar means, just like when I was raised in Macon, Georgia, that there is family and, and people that are faithful and willing to pull you in and, and take care of you. As a commander, I would go around in, to different sections of the group and meet different airmen and, and try to listen to their stories. And this young man at the time was out in the unit and he had found this niche and he was happy and we were in, in the reserve command. He was on order. So he was there with a team. He had a support system. And so he had been on training orders and he was coming to the end of those, his commitment as far as training, right? And so he had to turn home and then just come and drill like he would drill. And so at the time I didn't know it, but he was the only child and the military was his family, right? And then one day we got a call that he was having some, some issues that the police had found him out of the state that we were in on the side of the road with a weapon in his car. And so being the commander, we had to reach out to the police department and, and, and figure out you know what to do. So the police did locate him. And when they checked him and he had a, a right to carry his weapon. And so they let him go. And so we reached out to him, we made contact with him and he said, hey, yeah, I'm coming home. And something happened. We don't know what happened uh, on his way home. And he, he took his life. I really did have to lean on my faith because I felt like I had lost, you know, one of my children or my family member. God just gave me the pause and the presence to, to not try to brush it under the rugs or not pretend that it didn't happen. We owned our feelings and we owned what we was going through. It sends a ripple through the entire unit. We found out that we were his only family, but I had to, to let everyone know that our faith is our foundation and that we're gonna make it through. We're here for each other. And, and so we were able to, to get through it and uh, reach out to his family and walk him through that painful process. You really have to lean on your faith because it's like an emptiness when it happens. It's like you can't believe it, but God is, God is in it. They say God is in, is in it all. Because of your faith, because of God's word, he gives you everything you need. And when it's time to put it into action, it all comes out. God's word is our one, right? It leads us, it guides us. And if we take the time to listen and apply God's word, the answers are already there. And he's given us everything that we need. So I think it's important that we stay connected because there's a saying that everything that has breath has a spirit, right? And you have to, it's called atrophy, right? When you don't use it, you lose it, right? So you have to stay daily connected to, to your spiritual health and your spiritual well-being to make sure that it doesn't atrophy, that it doesn't get weak, that it's there when you need it, when you call on it, just like when you exercise. If you don't do that, then sometimes that's when you can get caught off guard in life. And so right now I'm, I'm praying, I always pray for my, my family and my nation. We're not perfect. But we understand that, that we need each other and that if we stay grounded in God's word and we understand and practice and, and use his word, apply his word, that, that we can get through anything.
please join us in praying for our military members of every rank in every branch, that God may protect them, watch over them, and give them strength. If you'd like to hear more stories about connecting to God and each other, check out our interview with pentatonic singer Kevin Olasola. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we'll hear from lymphedema and amputee patient advocate Cam Ayala from ABC's The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise. Cam recently made the difficult decision to undergo a leg amputation after suffering from lymphedema for much of his life and how that suffering produced growth. As that Romans 5 verse suggests, there are going to be suffering in your life. And through the suffering, you can grow through it. And everything that God gives you, God can get you through it. And so if you are struggling with your faith and you're struggling with your identity because you feel your identity is rooted because of who you were, you are forgiven, you are loved, and Christ has gone before you. Want to hear more inspirational stories of people who have been changed by a closer walk with God? Then subscribe today to the Jesus Calling Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please be sure to leave a review, which helps us reach and inspire others with these stories. Plus, if you like seeing our guests as well as hearing them, you can find video interviews available on our YouTube channel at youtube.com Jesus Calling Book on Facebook and on the Jesus Calling Instagram page.